Welcome back to your number one sports podcast, All Things Sports. I'm your co-host, Small Town EP, coming to you once again from the chilly city of Atlanta, here to bring you the real in sports. Since the last time you saw us, on Monday, the Dolphins will up a 14-point lead to lose the game in under four minutes. Giannis set some records, franchise records, and Draymond Green, well, he's being Draymond Green. There's a lot of headlines to start with. First off, June, I'm, ho- I'm, ooh, I'm joined by your host, June. How you doing, man? How's the city treating you these last couple of days? It's nice, man. Everything's, everything's going well. Um, it's been cold outside, but, you know, that's winter. There it is. A lot of headlines, including, you know, the formers that I mentioned, but we'll start with the latter. The other night, Draymond Green, his stat line didn't have any steals in it, but he definitely stole off on Nurkic. (laughs) (laughs) Suspended indefinitely, kind of looking like at a John Moran situation where he's going to have to work through some things, go to some counseling, et cetera, et cetera. June, did they get this suspension right this time? Yeah, definitely. I mean, they didn't even, you know, they suspended him indefinitely. They didn't give him a a time yet, but I think they're more focused on, you know, what we could do to help him, how we can do to, what we can do to help avoid this happening again, uh, so on and so forth, before we even worry about the number of games. I did hear that if he gets less than 20 games, it'll be about $154,000 a game for the suspension if he goes over 20 games it's going to be at like 203 or four thousand dollars per game and obviously Draymond Green can afford to pay that but um, I don't think the Warriors can afford you know for him to continue with with these antics and uh, for suspension since that Draymond Green sorry since that Jordan Poole incident where he kind of wanted to turn things around and get help at the time you know, it's it's like you mentioned the John Morant situation. Uh, he came out and said he needs help. He came out and said he wants to be better, but he's kind of he, he went back and did the same thing. And you kind of just question what's going on in the mind of Draymond Green at this moment where um, he's putting like, you know, antics and, and altercations before his team, before basketball. And, you know, it, it's just it's just pretty selfish at this point. And it's old. I mean, it, this isn't. You know, 2016, they're not the best team in the league where he's got to be that Udonis Haslam, Draymond Green enforcer and and make guys, you know, earn, you know, earn the respect of guys throughout the league. Like the Warriors have been a dynasty for years and, and they've earned the respect from guys around the league. So for him to kind of just continue on with this, this childish, you know, like street ball stuff, it's 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 not fun to watch as a basketball fan. Like we don't watch the Warriors to see Golden State fight against Minnesota or Draymond Green swing on Yusuf Nurkic. Like, they're already bad enough at this point of the season, not playing well on the road, struggling through things. Curry is trying to figure things out before the new year. And, you know, obviously he's not your your most efficient offensive guy. He's not the guy you look to to go get a bucket, but he is a guy who is the glue of that team and, and uh, you know, a critical part of, of what they have going on and trying to win. So it's, it's again, selfish, I'll say, and, and it's just concerning because at this point, we thought Draymond Green maybe, you know, just he's not with the shits. He don't play that. Like, at this point, it does seem like he needs a little bit more help than just uh, a suspension. No, absolutely. I think it's interesting that they're letting him practice with the team during this time that he's suspended indefinitely. So he's not completely you know, away from the team, which it to a certain extent doesn't really make sense to me that like you're allowed in the building and you're allowed to practice, but you're not getting paid. You can't play in the game. I, to a certain extent, I think it's almost as counterproductive as giving him a hundred million dollar contract extension after, after he punched his teammate in the face and you shipped his teammate off, you know, like it just seems like you know, oh, and not even that, after he stomped on Sabonis last year in, in the playoffs. Let's not forget that part either, you know what I mean? And then you get a contract extension. It seems like he doesn't, like you said, the suspensions haven't been working, you know? Um, and it almost seems like he's, it, you know, I don't know what's going on in his head, but 
there's a part of me that feels like he may think or feel like he's getting rewarded for his antics at this point, especially after a hundred million dollar contract. You know what I mean? Because I mean, I was uh, listening to Unsportsmanlike, uh, you know, shout out to the ESPN radio show, and I mean, in any other, any other organ, not organization, but any other, what's like, you know, any other job essentially. You do any of this, and and you're not only getting fired, but you're going to jail more than likely. Like this is assault at this point. Like you weren't trying to sell a foul with your arms. If you were, listen, I hear you, I get that. But he was pulling your right hip. How do you turn around and swing left? I don't understand that part either. You know what I mean? And we're the we're the Tony Kornheiser and and the PTI cast. I, I hope that Adam Silver was like, listen, it's a privilege to play in the league, and and. You're kind of abusing that. Not even kind of, you're absolutely abusing the privilege that you've been granted that so many other people in the world want to have. And you're abusing it at the end of the day. Hey, this is a side note. I got the heat game on in the background here. And uh, <laughs> we're down 30 to 8 at home on a second night of a back to back to the Chicago Bulls, who have shown that they don't have much of life. I, I, uh, I, Semnu. He, he put up a stat line the other night. He's the second player in NBA history to go 25 minutes or more with zero, 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 zero as far as points, rebound, assists, free throws, any of that. So this is pretty embarrassing right now. I'm going to keep track of this during the night. But um, hopefully we can get a win against this team like they came back when we were beating them. What was it, 20, 21 to 1 or something like that? Mm-hmm. This is this is bad. And I don't want to talk heat basketball tonight. We'll, we'll save that for uh, Monday. But it is Jewish Heritage Night in uh, in Kessia Center. So shout out to all the Jewish people around the country, man, and around the world, actually. We'll move over to the Midwest. Giannis Antetokounmpo. I still can't pronounce his name correctly, but we know who I'm talking about. Record-setting points in the game. The total was – the total of the game, as far as Vegas was concerned, was – a record as well. It was about 259 for the entire game. That shot over as well. One, not a lot of people take unders in Pacers games. They can't stop a running nose, but that's besides me anyway. He has 64 points, a plus 29, plus minus. Went 20 for 28 from the field, 24 for 32 from the free throw line. Ooh, 14 rebounds, sorry. Three assists, four steals, a block. He did have four turnovers and, and you know just one foul there. That's awesome. That's great. I know you made a joke earlier. Him and his brother combined for 64 points. That had me dying while I was out there. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I had to I actually had to look for a second. And I was like, oh, I get it. I get it. I get it. <laughs> good, good old Thanasis, man. <laughs> but the antics are what's made headlines. The post-game game ball that seemed to have been stolen by the Pacers. I used stolen very loosely because they apparently wanted to give it to one of their rookies who scored their first points. Was Giannis overreacting in this situation, Jim? Over, I, I just, I don't know why my light just switched to to this color here. That's crazy. But uh, we got to, oh, my light just want to go out. Oh, listen, I think he overreacted in the sense that he could have, he could have handled the situation better as far as how he wanted to go and get the ball. I get that there's a respect level. I get that there's a career high. And uh, I guess we're going Shrek green right now. It looks pretty bad. We could go, keep going, keep going. Get back to blue. Nah, it's the, the top one. There you go. Uh, the bottom one, sorry. There you go, keep going. Yeah, right there, right there. That's perfect, that's perfect. Appreciate it. Shout out to my, shout out to my, my producer over there, my my director of lights, you know, director of lighting over there. I appreciate him. But no, nah, man, I, like I said, going back to, to how he could have got the ball, right? He, storming off to the lo- locker room or through the tunnel, it, it's kind of, you know, like dramatic, if you will. I'm not saying that he wasn't ready for whatever the case was, but we know Giannis. Giannis is a sweet guy. Giannis is a nice guy. He's not he's not the tough guy on the court. He's not, you know, the, the guy that's going to start problems. Um, I'm not saying he's here to take, he's not going to take shit from anybody. He's not. But, I mean, you could send security. You could have sent somebody, you know, from, from the front office or whatever to, to go and retrieve the ball and, and do it in a, in a uh, more mature manner. Um, 
I guess he was just high off of his 64 point career high and franchise, you know, record setting game that he was just like in a you can't tell me shit kind of moment. Um, but I don't want to take away from the fact that Giannis Antetokounmpo scored 64 points last night. Like this is the same team that lost to this Pacers team uh, a couple weeks ago. And, and that kind of sparked a in-season tournament run for that Pacers team. And Halliburton was able to go off. And I think Giannis was here to prove a point last night because that Pacers team showed LeBron. They showed the Lakers. They showed the league by beating the Celtics, by beating the Bucks in the in-season tournament to go and uh, play and compete for the championship that we're, you know, we're ready. We're here. And Giannis had to put them on notice. Like, listen, you guys are still a little outside of this Eastern conference playoff bubble. You guys are still not ready to compete with us in our championship mode. And if I really, really want to put that thing on pause, you know, Giannis could turn up for 64. And so with the help of Thanasis, man, him and they're, they're unstoppable. 64 points. <laughs> nah, but uh, yeah, I, I just, I don't think we should talk about so much him going and getting the ball. It's funny. You know, I remember when like the heat and the nuggets tried to meet in the locker room after Jokic, you know, whiplash. He gave Marcus Morris whiplash. I get it. But I mean, Giannis scored 64 points. That should be the subject that matter, you know? Absolutely. And the fact that in the post game, he also said, Hey, you know, we want, I wanted the game ball. I get that, you know, your rookie deal, whatever. I wanted the game ball, but I wanted to give it to Dame because Dame passed Kyle Korver on the all time uh, scoring list, if I'm not mistaken. So in his head, Hey, it's bigger than just me. My teammate, I might've just broke a franchise record, but my teammate is setting milestones right now and it needs to be acknowledged. Y'all can't have this game ball, bro. Don't care who your rookie is. Word to AJ in the group chat. If we gave rookies a game ball for every time they scored their first point, we, we'd have to contact Spalding for, for manufacturing purposes. We would, we would need a whole new order Definitely. of game balls. <laughs> ball, the yeah. balls would be on back order. <laughs> Hey, real quick, I wanted to go back into uh, the Draymond Green thing. Shout out to Daniel in the chat. Daniel said, uh, Curry needs help and everybody uh, and everybody he can usually count on looks horrible. And that's the problem, for real, for real, with the Warriors because, I mean, we we spoke about Klay Thompson, you know, starting to begin to look like a shell of himself maybe two seasons ago. And obviously since the 2019 finals when he, you know, tore his – ACL and he never kind of came back as the same guy last not last season but the season before in 2022 you know he was he did enough in the finals to help them get by against the Celtics but throughout that regular season it wasn't the same Clay Thompson on that Warriors championship run um last year and this year we're starting to see more similarities of that same guy who just doesn't necessarily have all of it anymore and this is a two-way guy who was, you know, an all-star in the league. And, you know, we're, we're, nobody's going to be great forever. And I get that. But as far as the Warriors and their standard and what they need to do to win, it's not enough. And so with the regression there and then the Andrew Wiggins situation, you know, ever since last year toward the end of the year where there was the allegations or whatever the hell happened in his personal life that kind of made him lose a little bit of focus in basketball and had to step away from the team ever since he's come back. I don't know if it's like a lack of motivation. I don't know if his mind is not all the way there or whatever the case is, but Andrew Wiggins isn't playing, you know, like that p potential all-star he can be. And so, yeah, Curry, Curry now with this Draymond Green situation, this is just like the cherry on top as far as what the hell guys like, are, are the Warriors just done, you know, as a, as a, as a dynasty? And, you know, we saw Bob Myers, their GM step down last year and now they have a new GM and he knew, he knew what time it was. You know what I mean? It, it's stressful. Like, you know, buy low and sell high. <laughs> that's, that's the, that's the Bob Myers. Really. And I don't blame him one bit. He, he, he was there, you know, when he had to build this up and it took some time, he finally did. He reaped the benefits of it, had a 72, uh, 73 win team. And, um, you know, lived it up. They won three rings, and um, it, it, it seems like it's all but over now. So I just wanted to point out that comment. Shout out to Daniel in the chat. Hopefully he's not watching due to peer pressure that was posted in the group chat this week. But if he is, great. Peer pressure and bullying works. I always say that. So shout out to uh, shout out to those that bully. 
and shout out to those that got bullied and let it help them. Word up, word up, word up. I want to keep it in the Midwest. I mean, we'll take it back, keep it in the Midwest. We'll head over to Dallas. Luka Doncic just had his first child recently. Shout out to uh, the Doncic's. <laughs> I guess that's how you pronounce that in plural, right? <laughs> since then, I mean, this isn't anything new, but since then, my man's been going on a crazy run. Check this out. Last five games, point-wise. This is just points-wise. I don't want to get into assists. 36, 40, 32, 35, 33. Move over to assist correspondingly. 18, 11, 10, 6, 17. Rebounds, 15, 10, 6, 8, 6. The, the man is just going on a tear right now. Are you surprised by what you're seeing, or is this a typical Luca couple first, you know, first month and a half, three months of the, of the season, and we just need to kind of see if he stays the course and see if he can get past the Western Conference Finals? Uh, I would like for you to put a little bit more respect on Luka Doncic's name. I would say shout out to Luka for having a kid. Um, but this is Luka. Luka's a top three player in this league if, if he really puts it on every night. And I don't expect anything less from a guy with his skill set. Um, the Mavericks, if you know, if we want to talk about the Mavericks and their state and you know what they've got going on, and if they're going to be able to, you know, get past the Western Conference semifinals and Western Conference finals and get a get a championship berth, that's a different story. I don't think this roster is constructed in that way this year. So I don't want to go so far to even talk about the championship and the Mavericks in the same light right now, but. As far as Luka Doncic, nothing he does on a basketball court surprises me. What he he just made a pass the other night. Like he does it's, it's literally like he's LeBron as far as passing when he when he passes the ball. We see a lot of LeBron in him. And um this is a guy who I don't think any of us are surprised about how he's playing because he came into this league this good and he's only gotten better. So um shout out to Luka Doncic. By the way, Daniel said uh Giannis deserved the ball. Wiggins and Clay getting traded. And he said, no, I always tune in when I can. So we appreciate <laughs> we appreciate the love, Daniel. It's the end of the first quarter. The Heat are losing 36-22 to the Chicago Bulls. I don't imagine um, we let up another 36-40 to 40 point quarter in the second. So we, we should have some, some uh, time to cover some ground. But we've got guys like Jamal Cain and R.J. Hampton out there. And Orlando Robinson. So it's it's just one of those nights where we're battling some injuries here. Bam Adebayo is going to be out for some time. Tyler Hero still dealing with that ankle, trying to get back into the lineup. And you know Jim in, in in cruise control right now up until up until maybe maybe mid April. Sal says Charlotte says yo. So shout out to my niece Charlotte. We love you. We miss you. I can't wait to see you. Um, what, what what we got you? Facts, facts, facts. I want to take it. Over to the NFL, I just switched the uh, ticker at the top. As you can see, we got all the lines for this week's game. Games, including tonight's Chargers, Raiders. Don't really want to talk about that too much. I do want to, before we get into week 15, I know we already recapped week 14, but we were in the middle of the episode Monday night. And while the Dolphins game was going, we finished the game. I mean, we finished the, the, the sorry, the pod. Everybody, obviously, we're in a group chat full of Dolphins fans. We're all watching the Monday Night Football games games because there was two games. June 1, first, I want to say you did go 0 for 2 after saying LaFleur would run the table in December. I think, I don't know what happened there, but <laughs> they heard you and they didn't pull through for you, bud. And the fraudulent Titans went from frauds to 15 points in four minutes. Listen, I sent you a text message that said... After the last Titans turn, I was like, oh, this is nasty. They're, they're finding any way to just give this game to the Dolphins right yeah. now after, after staying in it. I go, go to wash my hair. I come out 20 minutes later, group chat's going crazy. How could this happen? How did we lose? And I'm like, no way. And I'm not going to hold you. I'm, you know, getting right. And I'm like, yo, what if they like, what if something crazy happens? Like, what if like the Titans just do some. One in 667, <laughs> oh no, 767 type of deal. Were you surprised at the last four minutes of that game and how it ended, man? 
Of course. First of all, I want to say shout out to DeVito and his family, man. This is this is a story we got brewing up in East Rutherford, Meadowlands. MetLife Stadium is jumping. This guy is putting up historical numbers through four weeks of his first four games in his NFL career. This is a guy who won a state championship in high school, didn't do much at college, and he's got his shot right now. They asked one of my favorite quotes of the week, by the way, was when they asked Brian Dable about what he told Tommy DeVito going into the last drive of the game. He's like, did, did you have to talk through anything? He said, no, nah, I just told him, let that bitch, let that son of a bitch rip. Like, and that's, that's what you want to hear as a player, because the thing about the league and guys going from high school to college and the league and being stars in high school and being the best player on your team in college and then coming into the league and getting humbled because, you know, you're just around so much other grown men that have been doing this for some time. It's, it's, it's tough, but it's tougher when coaching and front office and upper management are kind of hindering you or are kind of trying to hold your talent level back due to protocol, due to schematics, due to how we do things around here. When you got a guy who could throw the ball, I mean, you got to let him play to his strengths or and any guy, you know, any guy you draft or, or sign in free agency, I think you got to let them play to their strengths. So um, Tommy DeVito, I can't necessarily tell you what his strengths are, um, but obviously he has something to him, right? There's, there's not he, he he's on the Giants for a reason. He he's he's on an NFL team for a reason. So now, much like tonight's game, Easton Stick starting for the Chargers in in replacement for Justin Herbert. I mean, Brandon. I don't know. <laughs> you see, this is this is the this is the thing where coaching comes in hand. Brandon Staley versus Dable. We're going to see we how go again. Staley brings this game plan in, and are they going to let him rip? Are they going to give him the confidence to throw the ball to guys like Keenan Allen and Quentin Johnston? That's another story. But Tommy DeVito just needed to hear from Coach, like, yo, go do your fucking thing and try to go win this game, right? Use your resources. And that's going to give you confidence. It's not going to think – you're not going to think, you know, yeah, uh, damn, Coach, if I, if, I, if I don't hit this guy as many times as he wants, if we're not attacking, you know, this, this game plan, like, no, man, you got one job. Your job is to win this game. Bring it home. And you're right. I was 0 for 2 on Monday night. I was wrong about the Packers running the table. And I did think Jordan Love was going to be able to outduel Tommy DeVito. They weren't. Turnovers, some bad throws, some bad decisions, bad defense to let the Giants even get that last second drive because come on come on so um I, i'm more disappointed in the packers and how they let it's like i think the dolphins and the packers lost those games more so than the titans and the giants won the games and i'm not trying to take away from the titans i'm not trying to take away from the giants i think they did an exceptional job and it was a very tough task as far as coming back especially if you're tennessee nobody has done that since 2016 um in in terms of coming back from down 14 with less than three minutes. It was 767 to zero, and they're the first team to do that since. So you got to give the credit where it's due, but the Packers really let that one slip away, and the Dolphins, I mean, there's no excuse, any type of excuse as far as how, you know, with the turnovers they granted you, there's a there's a fumble by Derrick Henry on a, on a pitch, there's a fumble on a on a muff punt, you know, and, and they're, they're gracing you guys, like, Tua turn the ball over was one of the issues. No Tyreek Hill was another big issue. And uh, Kev told us that night, he's like, look, if I can make a case for Tyreek Hill to win MVP, I mean, it, it's going to be the game that he didn't play most of. Because the Dolphins clearly, whether it was their game plan was just just go for Tyreek, go for Tyreek, and he wasn't there to, there was nothing to, you know, replace that with. They struggled in the absence of Tyreek Hill. And it's a little concerning because the fraud off, it gave. E, it gave the fraud off gave. This was the Monday night MNF was Monday night fraud off. And Tennessee, I mean, we know there's some of the biggest frauds we got, right? Around all professional sports. I'll stand on that. The Dolphins, we had them on fraud alert, you know, after they lost to uh another the, the last good team they played. They're on fraud alert. We're like, yo, all right, they lost by 20 to the Bills. You you, you come on. Two possession game, less than five minutes at home, prime time to be number one in the AFC. And you're undefeated at home at that. And the Titans, Titans are win, the Titans were winless on the road prior to that. I mean, they lost to Mayo, man. Will Levis. 
So what, what are your thoughts on Monday night? Mayo man is crazy. I, I I share your sentiments where those teams lost the game as opposed to the team that won the game actually won the game. Because I mean, like I said, I I sent you that. So I'm turning this Dolphins game off. I don't want to watch this anymore. Like this is this is ugly. Like this Tennessee just doesn't want to win. I, I I don't know if I no I didn't send you this, but I typed it up and then I deleted it because I had to you know go get it right or whatever. But um, I was like, oh, damn, I lost my train of thought. But it, the Titans shouldn't have won that game. They did. Shout out to them. They're not going anywhere. This is what I was going to say. Don't they know that it's too late to tank at this point? You can't, you can't take with four or five wins at this point. It's way too late for that when Carolina's only won one game. You know, so I don't know what you're doing by giving right. this game away. The, the, muffed, uh, the muffed punt, I don't know how that – he was trying to argue with Rabel. Like, no, I was the guy and it was behind me. And, and Rabel was just sitting there like – it wasn't even upset. He was like, what are you talking about? Like, you don't touch the ball at that point, bro. Monday night was wild. I don't know how that happened to either of those teams, but especially the Dolphins. I didn't expect that to happen. Yeah. Um, they said, uh, Daniel said, the team believes in him. They're talking about Dan- uh, Tommy DeVito. Said the team believes in him. They fought harder for him than they did Daniel Jones. And, I mean, Monday night it did look like that Giants team was really all in trying to get a nice uh, home primetime win against a, you know, against a team that's surging right now. And, and they got the job done. So you you can say that they were playing harder. I don't know if harder, but you can see that they were playing hard in general and they are behind Tommy DeVito and they want the best for him. So shout out to the Giants. I mean, I, I, what I like about this Giants team and, and what we can tell about a Brian Dable coach team is that they're not going to just quit. They're not going to just lay down. You know, they might not be as competitive as everyone. They might not have the better skill guys than everybody. But they're going to try, and they're going to play hard. They're going to play for four quarters, and they're going to make it a little interesting at least. So you got to give the Giants credit in that regard. They're not just going to lay down and and um, go out sad like, you know, we see maybe Carolina or uh, some, of, some of these other teams at times. Big facts, big facts. Miami – We'll see. We'll host the New York Jets this week at Hard Rock Stadium. They are nine and a half point favorites at home, as they should be. They sh- they might need to be, you know, eleven and a half, twelve point favorites. But I don't make the lines at Vegas. I just play them. The Titans, though, very interesting line this week. They are three point favorites at home against Houston. And you know, once again, I say this almost every week: when Vegas gives a football team three points at home. It just means you're as good as your home field advantage. And we've seen the Titans drop some ugly games at home to the Steelers amongst is one of the ones that stands out to me because that game was really ugly. I don't know how they're favored in this game at all. It should be Houston like minus two at the very least, minus two and a half at the very least. I do think that Houston takes this game in Tennessee. And Miami should handle business at home against the Jets. What do you think about those two matchups? And we'll move on to the next one after that. Yeah. I, I, Miami better win at home. That's all I'm going to say. This is a must win. Miami Dolphins have reached must win territory at this point of the season. And I I think that's, that's okay, but it's also like just not giving yourself any room for error at this point is a little alarming. It's a tight race in the AFC as we know it, they haven't had the one seat, I believe since the eighties, they were in prime position to put themselves in great position going forward to where, you know, Hey, if we drop one of these games versus an AFC opponent, like Baltimore, like Buffalo or like the jets, it's, it sucks, but we got some wiggle room, right? They don't have wiggle room right now because as bad as the jets are, let's, let's be completely, Completely transparent, Tommy DeVito and Zach Wilson were the AFC or NFC and AFC players of the week last week. And Zach Wilson, we saw, was able to let it rip against the Houston Texans. And for what it's worth, everybody's looking at the Houston Texans like a playoff team. You know, they don't want to acknowledge the fact that the Colts beat them in week two and the fact that, you know, we're ahead of them in seeding. But if you want to consider the Texans a, a respectable AFC playoff opponent, go cool. That team lost to the Jets, and Zach Wilson put up a career day against them, right? They have an elite defense in New York, and they already got embarrassed 
embarrassed at home on Black Friday by this Miami Dolphins team. So I believe they're going to be playing with a little bit more pride. They're going to be playing with a little bit more confidence coming off of a, Zach Wilson specifically coming off of a player of the week bout. Like, the Dolphins have to win this game. All right, cool. They win this game. They're going to have to play Dallas on Christmas Eve. Then they're going to go play Baltimore. And then they got the Bills. So there's there's just no room. And last year they found themselves in a similar situation where it was just like, you know, all season it was a coast. It was like Dolphins are great, one of the best teams in the league. And then toward the end of the season, it's like, yo, we got to make sure we win these games, man. Holy shit. Like, shit's caught up to us. And for how I see it, that's that's the way it's going to go. I do think the Dolphins get this win over the Jets this weekend and take care of business, understanding what's at task, uh, what's at hand. And then the other game was, was it Houston? Yeah, Houston at Tennessee. Tennessee, three-point favorites. Yeah, I, Tennessee – well, C.J. Stroud has to clear concussion protocol, so that might be the only issue. And I think the game uh, outcome basically – is dependent on if C.J. Stroud plays or not. Because if he does, I believe he'll carve up that defense much like he's done every other defense minus the Jets. And uh, if he's not there, then, yeah, I, I like what I saw from Will Levis. Uh, he showed a lot of heart, a lot of grit. He's a very competitive guy. Um, it's fun to hate on him just because he's an AFC South rival quarterback and he eats mayo and coffee. And uh, you know, <laughs> Yo, mayo, man, is crazy. Time. So it's, it's, it's fun to root against guys too. But, but... But uh, it, it, it's going to be dependent on the health of the quarterback, in my in my opinion. Real quick, Brandon Staley is twenty four and twenty three as the Chargers head coach. So if he loses his game tonight in Vegas, which he probably will, five hundred five hundred coach, and hopefully loses his job, but I doubt it. There it is, live looking on that game. Just starting about five minutes in, still scoreless, still scoreless. Ooh, still scoreless in the first quarter. I don't expect many points to come in this game. The great thing about this week, I was looking at the schedule, and we don't have to wait until Sunday for more football after Thursday. We Thanks, do have bro. three Saturday games. And the one that I really want to talk about got some major playoff implications. Steelers at Lucas Oil Stadium playing your Indianapolis Colts. The Colts are point and a half favorites at home. Both teams seven and six, right behind each other or in front of each other. Pause in the playoff race. Steelers at six in the AFC. Indianapolis Colts at seven. I don't think there's really a question for this. June, are you guys going to win this game? Still on mute, buddy. I was on mute there. I was saying, I believe we have to. I think this is a put up or shut up moment. Uh, much like it is for the Dolphins this week. I mean, it, it doesn't get more fucking get the job done than today. Like, we got a team who's above us in the standings. This is also a team in Pittsburgh who the Colts haven't beat, believe it or not, since 2008. And, you know, Ben Roethlisberger, Antonio Brown, you know, that the Steelers had a good run. We're not playing them. We're playing... Mitchell Trubisky until they put in Mason Rudolph. We're playing Najee Harris and number 30. We're playing that team. And it looks like Alex Highsmith cleared concussion protocol. So, again, I do want to acknowledge the fact that – not again, but I, I do want to take time to acknowledge the fact that T.J. Watt and Highsmith are going to be full speed all game, right? And this is where the Colts' top five offensive line this year – has to prove that they are what we think they are. And we really just got to get back to running the ball. And I understand Jonathan Taylor was out is out for, you know, a couple more weeks with the thumb surgery. But Zach Moss started this season exceptionally well, top two, three back in, in the league. And last week, I mean, it was – it, and nothing went right for the Colts last week, I got to say. Like, we had an interception and – it looked like we'd make it a game at halftime because we tied it up. But that third quarter was some of the most disgusting football that I saw all season out of this team. And so I would like to believe that I'm not going to say it was fluky. I think the Bengals were way better than us last week. But we saw a lot of teams, you know, play a lot of bad football in week 14 and kind of got hit by the week 14 bug, if you will. Hopefully week 15 is going to be a little better for us. But it does look like. uh 
it does look like we are going to be without Jonathan Taylor again. So hopefully we get that that running game going. This will be his third game he misses. And and I just I would just like to see Gardner Minshew, you know, put a complete game together, right? Like don't turn the ball over. This is a defense who's gonna come after you all game, all game. Pittsburgh, this is how they win. But this is also a team in Pittsburgh who lost on Thursday night last week to the New England Patriots who are two-win team. So we have to act like that's the team we're playing, and we got to show that we are the better team. And it's going to help us in a playoff standing. So I'm, I'm excited for Saturday, 430. Don't call me. Don't ask me what I'm doing. If you're listening right now, just text me, tell me good luck, hope the Colts win, and go forward from there. Two seven and six teams that also play on Saturday afternoon will be the first game of the day, one o'clock. Vikings at Bengals. Bengals three point favorites at home. Opposing conferences, obviously, Vikings in the NFC, Bengals in the AFC. The Bengals are sitting, if I'm not mistaken, at 10. And a win here, depending on how everybody else does this week, could put them pretty high up in the AFC chart for the playoffs. The Vikings, on the other hand, are in there, and a win here would, you know, definitely improve their kind of staying power in the NFC conference. Who do you have winning that game? Yeah, well, based on the fact that we saw the Vikings win a 3-0 game versus the Vegas Raiders, and based on the fact that Josh Dobbs isn't their starter anymore and they're going with backup Nick Mullins, I mean, I'm only inclined to pick the Bengals based on, again, what we saw in that Colts game last week at home. Uh, what's his name? Trey Hendrickson, B.J. Hill. They were getting after the quarterback. They were getting after it. So I don't think uh, – and can you tell me who's at home? The Bengals are at the crib. Yeah, back-to-back games at home. You know, Nick Mullins getting a start. It's going to be a road start. It's going to be cold out there in Cincinnati. So – and Nick Mullins played most of his ball, I guess, with the 49ers um, in his in his pro career. So I just, yeah, I don't, I don't see a world where, where the Vikings right now beat a team who understands what's in their playoff chances because uh, it's a struggling team versus a surging team, you know. And and we'll see, we'll see Saturday. But it, you know, in my honest opinion, I think they're going to get after the quarterback out there in Cincinnati and. Jake Browning, man, until he <laughs> until he shows me otherwise, man, I thought the Colts were going to be able to put that fire out quick. I thought the Jacksonville game, not necessarily a fluke, but maybe something that was just like, all right, we didn't have any film on him. We didn't know how to game plan for him. The Colts, you know, he didn't he didn't torch us, but like he gave he gave it to him. He gave it to him and he got the win. So I see Jake Browning going three and oh to to put put the Bengals in a good position as far as their playoffs seating. There it is. And the other game that I really wanted to talk about, 1 o'clock Sunday, Bucks at Packers. Packers at the crib, three-and-a-half-point favorites. Can Jordan Love bounce back against these Buccaneers in Lambeau Field, June? You're still on mute. Before I go, thank you, man. I apologize, y'all. Before I get back into that, I want to go back into the chat. Uh, Daniel York just catching up. Daniel, I'm sorry. Daniel, <laughs> he said the Dolphins are going to finish one and three. They beat the Jets and lose the last three. Again, those three are going to be Baltimore or Dallas, Baltimore, and um, Buffalo. Those are Daniel's words. Not and if mine. that happens, some people in the group chat going to owe me some money. You heard? Hey. Uh, he said the Vikings are horrible, and he said that Jake Browning is doing what's required to win games. And much like what Cam Newton said about some of these quarterbacks. If we have time, we'll talk about that. Maybe wait till till Sunday, but we'll see. Um, the next game you asked me, if you can refresh my memory. Bucks, Bucks at Green Bay Packers. Green Bay at right. home, obviously, three-and-a-half-point favorites. Jordan Love could, if I'm not mistaken, let me see what the standings look like again. Bucks at four in the NFC and Green Bay – Right there, tearing at seven. So yeah, I, I, my thing is, had Green Bay won that game last week, man, it would have put them in so much better position for this week. The Bucks are are still flirting with their division, I guess, right? Like they still have a chance mathematically to win the NFC South, so they're going to play their asses off. And uh, Baker Mayfield and Mike Evans, uh, 
Mike Evans out there at the end of the day. I'm combination. I'm a, yeah, I'm a, I'm gonna give him a good chance to to be able to beat up on any defensive backfield. But but much like I thought, Jordan Love, Matt Lafleur, and the Packers were gonna run the table all December based on the matchups they had. I did think it would be very tough because I mean I think they play five games this month. Yeah, a five game win streak is no joke in the NFL. However, it's doable. All right, they lost the first one. You know what? Let's get the four-game win streak. Let's run the table now. Let's 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 start now. Because if you look at their schedule, it's so favorable. And they're still alive technically in the NFC. They're still alive. So um, that's just a little extra motivation. And uh, a team like the Bucks, honestly, they don't have business. They don't have business winning too many more games this season. So I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with the Packers there. There wasn't too many other games I wanted to talk about. Obviously, some headlines, some early headlines broke by a sports reporter, sports reporter in the New England area that's been covering the Patriots for probably as long as we've been alive, June. Reported early that the Patriots have agreed to move on from Belichick after this season. You know, Patriots didn't necessarily deny those reports, but they didn't confirm them. When Bill Belichick was asked about it in the press conference this week, he gave a typical Bill Belichick answer to each question that surrounded such reports. I'm just getting ready for Kansas City this week. I'm just getting ready for Kansas City this week. You know, you know, Bill, you know, good old Bill. (laughs) Just getting. I'm going to cut you off right there. Listen, I, I think it's, I would like to have this confirmed. And I do understand that the guy who reported, you know, has been, has been working on, uh, covering the Patriots for some time. However, with things like that, I'm going to give Bill the respect that he deserves in this manner, and I'll wait for this to happen for it to come out and 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 Kraft make the announcement that, you know, we're going to move forward or Bill is going to resign, whatever the case is. Um, because Bill Belichick's coaching career is much too legendary, you know, much too... Uh, uh, celebrated and and decorated for me to 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 you know i'm not gonna bash absolutely he's having a horrible season so that's that's the he's had a horrible few seasons since tom brady left fair all right fair but what we're not gonna do is like you know kind of make light of bill belichick and the page and and the patriots relationship you know uh going through their little divorce and as much as i hated the patriots growing up as much as tom brady could have went and to hell and bill belichick would could have followed him you know we got to <laughs> show respect where it's due and this is the greatest if it one of if not the greatest uh football coaches but sports coaches of all time so um i'm gonna let bill finish this season out and uh and and we'll see how things go after this season real quick e did you have any thoughts on bill uh, not too many. Same that I've already, you know, gone public with that. I don't think they should get rid of him as a coach, as a GM. I don't think he should be in charge of football operations anymore. He's obviously not making, not hasn't made the right, you know, decisions as far as draft picks and things like that. But I mean, the the, the record and the tenure speaks for itself. I'm sure he would love to break Don Shula's record as a Patriots head coach, and I'm sure that you know front office would love to have that record broken with the Patriots. So I don't think they should get rid of him as a head coach. He obviously can still coach. He hasn't had back-to-back losing seasons. I don't know how long, if I'm not mistaken. So GM definitely respectfully shouldn't be there, but head coach, hell of a coach. Gotta show him respect where it's due. Hey, if he, so, so the report that came out, by the way, Shout out to Cardi in the chat. You know, Cardi got to pull up, man. Shout out to Cardi. His birthday was recently. I believe it was last week, if I'm not mistaken. Happy belated to him. More life to you. He says, stop the cap. He's not leaving till the wheels get fixed. Now, that's a stretch. Um, I do think there are rumblings of Bill Belichick, you know, prior leaving. But I will say there was a report that after the Germany trip, yep. this is when things kind of started to, to formulate as far as those conversations. And if we can hang a banner... In Lucas Oil Stadium saying 2023 Colts made the Patriots want to fire coach Belichick. I'll, I'll take that. I'll I'll take full credit for that. And 
I'll give you one more. If Bill Belichick wants to resign or if they want to fire him, hey, we'll take him in Indianapolis as a special teams coordinator. Most definitely. Hey, special teams is doing is doing very well this season. I wouldn't know. Yes, uh... Hey, EP. By the way, the Raiders just scored a touchdown there. Um, shout out to your pops. Shout out to my pops every day. But I believe they went up 14 zip. Trey Tucker on a on a nice pass from uh, AJ. What's his name? AJ O'Connell or, or... <laughs> yo? It's it's way too many backup quarterbacks in the league, bro. I'm not gonna lie. It's way too many. Jake Browning, O'Connell, uh, Josh Dobbs. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Nick Mullins. Like we got a really Joe Flacco's back. Like he wasn't even in the league a couple weeks ago. So, um, anyways. They just they just uh, scored another touchdown, went up two possessions on the Chargers in the first quarter still. I did want to talk about one more game before we get to our power rankings, if you don't mind. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, on Saturday night, the primetime game, bro. I mean, we got <laughs> we got Denver at seven and six fighting for their playoff hopes versus the NFC North division leading nine and four Detroit Lions. And they both haven't made the playoffs in years. The Lions, obviously, a much longer time. But Denver, it's been some time for them as well. Jared Goff has been a turnover machine in the last few weeks. And we all know Denver's defense produces the most turnovers in the league. I'm going to be interested to see if Denver can go into Detroit on primetime and steal a win away. Because you got, like I said, you know, it comes down, a lot of this shit comes down to good coaching, right, and experience. And if we starting from the top, Sean Payton has showed a very, very good job this season on how he can, how he turned things around in Denver after that horrid start. And Russell Wilson, he's still, he's still good enough. He's still good enough, man. Um, that Detroit Lions defense, the jury is still out on them. Right. And so I think whoever wins the turnover battle in this game is going to come out victorious. And hey, we've seen this Detroit Lions team lose at home. We've seen them lose on national TV. So it it wouldn't necessarily surprise me. I think that it's their game to lose. Uh, I believe, you know, the Lions do ultimately win this game, but I'm not I'm not going to just give it up. You know, I'm not going to just give it up there. I, I think that there is a fair, fair chance that the Broncos have to come into Detroit and, and steal a win here. I just see a low-scoring game. I see both defenses getting to quarterbacks. I don't see much offense in here, which when that happens, it would always lean me towards the underdog, which in this case does happen to be the Denver Broncos, who are four-and-a-half-point Underdog lines are four and a half point favorite at home. I would probably, if I was a betting guy, which you know most of those who know know, I would take them. I would take Denver with the four and a half points. Maybe buy it down to about five, five and a half, just for you know a little safety. Throw six and a half in the parlay. You know, do whatever you want. But it's a def- definitely a Denver move. Uh, we do have some breaking news that just broke about twenty minutes ago in the MLB world. There was, you know, trade rumors going around these last couple of days just after the Otani signing and the Dodgers do it again. They received Tyler Glasnow and Manuel Margot from the Rays. Wow. I just sent you that article the other day where they were, mm-hmm. they were kind of trying to get mm-hmm. Glasnow and whoo. And Manny Margot, one of the one of those veteran outfielder obviously and one of those guys that comes up to the plate and, and, and changes games. Obviously, Glass now, now he's uh, 30 years old. You know, he's, he's shown flashes of what he can be. He missed, a, he missed the first two months of this past season with an oblique strain, if I'm not mistaken. But once he got back in those 16 starts, I mean, he posted a 3. 3.14 ERA and 129 strikeouts in his final, you know, 16 regular season starts. So he, he definitely still, still has the juice in him. And that's just another another arm to add to <laughs> this Dodgers lineup that's going crazy. And once again, we know that Shohei deferred a lot of money, so the Dodgers got a lot of cheese to play with right now over there. Your pops is a Dodgers fan, right? Yo, shout out to your pops again. Shout out to your pops again. <laughs> shout out to pops, man. He sure is. And 
he's licking his chops right now. He want he he wants Blake Snell. That's that's who he really wants. Um, mm. So he he's like, I rather Snell when I send him the Glasnow thing. But shit, Tyler Glasnow. I think he was he was hurt for much of last year. Yeah, he was dealing with an injury last year. So I'm excited to see him get back because when he was the Dodgers played the Rays in the World Series 2020, or what? Was it the Phillies or the Rays? Nonetheless, that playoff run that the Rays had in 2020, Glasnow was a huge part of it, and he was pitching lights out. It was the Rays. It was the Rays. He looked like a true ace. So I'm (laughs) listen, man. I'm excited. The Dodgers. They are the they are you know the the regular season spenders. They are the the glamour uh, hundred hundred. 10 win team, 102 win team, whatever. They got to get it done in the playoffs. But I'll tell you what, they got some guys out there, man. They got some guys out there that could really, really help them push that needle. So shout out to them, man. They, they're doing their thing, man. And Dave Roberts has has kept his job, and and this this can this can kind of only help him out. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely, absolutely. Let's get to these power rankings in the NFL. Let's get back to the NFL. Get to these power rankings. You want me to go first, Junior? You want you want to go first? We, go ahead, man. Let me hear what you got. Starting from five, number five, <laughs> Cleveland Browns. I got to put them in the top five. They just they're just doing what needs to be done to get into the playoffs, and they're continuing to show and to prove. Really, number four. I still can't leave Detroit out of the top five, and it's a little bit of bias. I said that they would win the NFC North. You gotta this... cut this bias shit out. I want to hear this. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> I said they wouldn't the NFC North. Me, I'm standing on binning this. I'm standing on what I said, and I'm keeping them in the top five. At three, put the Philadelphia Eagles. Philadelphia Eagles at three, Baltimore Ravens at two, Sam Fran at one. San Fran's on a crazy revenge tour. I, I Brock Purdy is doing everybody dirty. I don't think anyone can really beat a healthy San Fran team. So San Fran at one, Baltimore at two, Philly at three, Lions at four, Browns at five. Who you got, June? Wow. I tell you what, I hope we still got some listeners in there, man, because I, I would love to see what they think about your top five. I think you're a bit crazy. Um, I, I can agree on certain things that you got going on. Uh, some things I do not understand. Shout out to Ray Cam Bam in the chat. Y'all go follow and subscribe on Twitch. Ray Cam Bam. Listen, the Raiders just got a fumble. So the Chargers are, are, are the tank job has started. You know what I'm saying? It's, 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 it's as evident as, as it gets. I mean, you're down 14 shit. First quarter, you fumble. The Raiders are going to start driving here. Might go down three possessions here in the first quarter. Pretty fucking crazy. Um, They're already in field goal range, I must say. However, back to the power rankings. Man, my thing that stood out to me the most, the most, EP, a.k.a. Ethaniel Peterson. No Dallas Cowboys. Where is the love? Why the hate? Why the hate for the Dallas Cowboys? And I know Cowboys fans across America that tune into the All Things Sports Podcast. We love y'all, man. We love y'all. But <laughs> y'all got to get on this man. Y'all got to get on this man because, I mean, we're looking at some of the best football being played in Dallas this season. And they're not cracking five. You got to imagine who six is. I'll start off at, at five for me. I'm going to go with Miami Dolphins, and this was tough. I had Jacksonville and Miami Dolphins at that five spot. I didn't know who I wanted to pick, and I wanted to go with Jacksonville, but Jacksonville lost in a more convincing manner than the Dolphins did. I think the Dolphins kind of letting up that 14 points. It's the first time it's happened in, you know, seven years or so. It's not a fluke that they lost to the Titans, but – I don't see them doing that again. Like, that's not something that, that you know, I think I think that shit just kind of got away from them. And I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt to stay in my top five. So we got Dolphins at five. At four, 
We got the Philadelphia Eagles. Fly Eagles fly. Um, I think that they've done enough all season to maintain a top five position in the power rankings. Uh, Jalen Hurts isn't playing his best football, but he's playing far from anybody's worst. Um, that's four. Mid mid power rankings break. O'Connell just threw a touchdown to Jacoby Myers. It's 21 shit. Thursday night football is going up in Vegas. And uh, I mean, it's only 545 over there. So they got, <laughs> they got it. They might, the fans might leave at halftime, go, go to the club, go get home, go, go home and get dressed, go to the club. If I'm not is, mistaken, there's a club in, in, in the, in the stadium. <laughs> they, yeah. They might just, they might just leave the damn seats. So shout out to the Raiders, man. Shout out to my pops, man. Them boys getting busy. Um, at number three in the power rankings, remember five, Miami, four, Philly, three, Dallas, Dallas Cowboys, man. They just beat Philly. And I understand they 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 went one and one on the season. Uh, but I think their win compared to Philly's win versus Dallas proved that the Dallas Cowboys this year are a better football team. They're more complete. They're playing at a higher uh offensive rate. They 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 just got that it. Dak Prescott as well is is quite frankly top two MVP candidates right now in the league. And so I have to give that uh, that little, you know, ledge to the Cowboys over the Eagles at number three. At number two, Baltimore Ravens, man. The best team in the AFC. I think this is the team that goes to the Super Bowl uh, representing the AFC, and whoever has to play them in Baltimore is in for trouble. Mark Andrews still has a chance to return this season, and they're still playing really good without him. So shout out to Lamar Jackson. And Odell Beckham, we saw Odell Beckham last week, you know, turn into that vintage Odell. And, uh, man, they, they, they're playing their ass off over there. They're, they're playing at all three. They're winning at all three phases and won last week due to a special team's uh, punt return touchdown in overtime. I mean, that's storybook right there. When you got two linebackers like Roquan Smith and Patrick Queen in the middle of the field, I mean, that's tough for any running back to get any type of separation sideline to sideline. At number one, the obvious pick. San Francisco 49ers. I mean, Brock Purdy, what he's doing over there and what Fred Warner is doing leading that defensive group. They got Chase Young. We see how that's panning out for them. Nick, Nick Boza and um, Ken Lawton boys, man. They, they, they're really some dogs. And when Debo Samuel plays, they don't lose. That's, that's just the facts. Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, it's pretty unstoppable. So, again, from five to one, we got Miami, Philly, Dallas, Baltimore, San Francisco. I'm sorry, Dallas. I'm sorry to my pops who lives in Dallas. I shouldn't have left y'all out of there. You're a thousand percent right. Nah, I stand on that. I'm definitely standing on it. I'm just going to apologize to the fans because they do deserve an apology. They're, they're playing. And I, I've said Dak Prescott is MVP one, especially after that Philly game at this point. I, I respect what Tyreek's doing in Miami, but Dak Prescott's playing out of his mind right now. You got any more football talk, dude? Yeah, the fucking Chargers suck. Brandon Staley's a goddamn atrocity. <laughs> and I can't wait. I can't wait to watch Get Up tomorrow morning to see what Rex Ryan's got to say about this. <laughs> oh, night, my man. goodness. It's been a little minute since we had EPZPL, and I'm going to give you all a little bit of EPZPL. The round of Let's 16. Go. The round of 16 Champions League. The best teams in Europe. Group stages are done. Round of 16 is set. And group winners include Arsenal from Premier League, Atletico Madrid from Spain, Barcelona from Spain, Bayern Munich from Germany, Dortmund from Germany, Man City from England, Premier League, Real Madrid from Spain, and Real Sociedad from Spain. Very interesting bunch as far as those group winners are concerned. And the group runners up, Copenhagen from Denmark, Inter Milan from Italy, Lazio from Italy. And Lazio, I am very excited to see because they are truly a defensive team. And it's very fun to see defensive matches, especially going later into this tournament. Leipzig from Germany. Napoli, I couldn't really believe, was a runner-up. I thought they'd win the group, but they were in a pretty tough group. Paris Saint-Germain, of course, as always. Porto in Portugal. And PSV Eidenhoven from the Netherlands. So the round of 16 has been set. Matchups have not. We'll see those first matchups come through in about uh, two weeks or so. And then the first round of those aggregate round of 16 which means goals are tallied through two games 
will start, if I'm not mistaken, sometime around March. But excited for that. The group stages were fun. Round of 16 gets a lot better. Cream of the crop. You know, we separate the wolves from the sheep at this point. Ladies and gentlemen, children of all ages, if you tuned into this live, we appreciate you because you could have been anywhere in the world this evening. But you were here with us in the All Things Sports Podcast. That was your Thursday night reel in sports. We'll see y'all Sunday afternoon. Peace.